Hi, this is Jeff Cooper, and we bring to you a Disney News on Parade for September 22nd, 2020. Disneyland urges the governor of California to reopen. Hong Kong Disneyland announces a new reopening date. Disney World water parks are delayed until 2021. And Tokyo Disneyland announces the opening dates for its new big expansion. Lots to talk about today, but it would be amiss if we didn't start with the happiest place on earth. Here are the headlines that came out of today after a news conference was held by Josh DiAmaro and other Disneyland leaders out in California. Yahoo News said, quote, Disneyland Parks chief begs California to let Disneyland reopen. Variety, it states, quote, Disneyland Parks executive pleads with California to allow Disneyland reopening. Orange County Register, quote, Disneyland demands Newsom reopen California theme parks now. It's time. LA Times, Disneyland presses for reopening, proposes COVID-19 safety measures. And today from the Disney Parks blog, quote, World Rhino Day brings big news for Disney's Animal Kingdom. Well, in truth, uh, it was a big news day for the rhinos at Disney's Animal Kingdom as they are expecting not one, not two, but three births of rhinos. So happy, happy congratulations to all of the rhinos um, out at Disney's Animal Kingdom. However, we just got to dissect some of these headlines for just a moment here. First off, ain't nobody at Disney going to be begging California, nor are they going to be pleading, nor are they going to be demanding. You cannot be at a... Now, mind you, I haven't seen the video. Maybe they were on their knees. But my expectations, my experience, my background says these are fairly well-crafted, thought-through, very, very planned events. And so, yeah, do I think that Disneyland has intentionally turned to the press to urge Governor Newsom of California to, to create a situation whereby Disneyland can reopen? Absolutely. Do I think for a moment that Disney executives are going to beg, plead, or demand? Not, not, not at all. What we do have are some sound bites that were recorded in these articles from Josh DeMauro. Quote, to our California government officials, particularly at the state level, I encourage you to treat theme parks like you would other sectors and help us reopen. We need guidelines that are fair and equitable so we can better understand our future and chart a path toward reopening. Now that, end of quote, that sounds like something that would come from Josh DiAmaro. And mind you, I've talked about how measured, how professional, how I think 
Josh fits the right kind of leadership model Disney would want um, as its face in the parks. And so it goes on to say in another quote, um, quote, I encourage you to treat theme parks as you would other sectors. Help us reopen. That, again, emphasizing what was just said a second ago, look, you know, it's not impractical to ask the state to say, you put out these guidelines for gyms, you put out these guidelines for movie theaters, you put out these guidelines for restaurants and bars and shopping malls. Why can't you put out guidelines and state what they are? In fact, I would say, why aren't you just simply asking the theme parks to identify what those requirements are and allow them to determine what compliance ought to be, they probably would come up with a better compliance plan and even greater compliance requirement than the state of California would. Because frankly, I don't think there's anybody in the state of California in its government who knows how to put together a plan for running a theme park in a safe COVID-free manner. But guess what? Disney does know, Universal knows, even SeaWorld knows because they're doing it. They are modeling it. They're modeling it not only here in Florida, they're modeling it throughout much of the world in their theme parks. So why don't you just trust them to present the plan to you, you approve the plan and you move on. Josh goes on to say, quote, the longer we wait, the more devastating the impact will be to Orange County and Anaheim communities and to the tens of thousands of people who rely on us for employment. With the right guidelines and our years of operations experience, I am confident that we can restart and get people back to work. As you see from this discussion today, we're ready and importantly, it's time. You know what? I totally agree with this. At some point, you have to turn the corner. You have to take away the politics of the whole COVID thing, and you have to move forward. And the best way, and if you haven't seen, I think I've, I've, I've talked about this previously. If you haven't seen the Imagineering series on Disney+, Plus, they show you how Tokyo Disney had modeled what it meant to go back to life when they reopened their parks after the tsunami. It's the same thing here. You need a responsible model for how to go back to doing business. Walt Disney World and even Universal and SeaWorld have had no claims against it saying, oh, you've created a new COVID pandemic or I was infected because I was at Disney. None of those things have come about in the months since it's reopened. How come we can't respect the models that they have in place? Ask that they ensure that that takes place and move forward. That way you then set the model for hotels around the area, for restaurants around the area, for other businesses in the area, and you start to then create a, a larger and larger bubble of safety and still being able to run businesses, trying to keep the economy going. Disney can be the the impetus, they can be the nucleus for safely re-engaging um, your economy. Uh, Patrick Finnegan, Vice President of California Park in the Downtown Disney District said, quote, 
Though we remain nimble and shift our operation as needed, we are taking a deliberate, thoughtful approach here in downtown Disney. He's remarking to the fact that already downtown Disney is reopened and we've been doing a responsible job of that. Can't you see from that that we can continue to expand that out to our hotels and to our parks? Um, he also offered some other information. He said, um, being um, uh, Vice President Patrick Finnegan, quote, we're pleased to announce today that we are in the process of finalizing a plan that would allow our cast members to have access to, well, what is COVID-19 testing in their communities. We'll have more information to share with our cast members soon. Quote, our team and safety team proactively developed a very thorough process for supporting contact tracing. This includes notifying any close work contacts and placing them on leave until they're medically ready and cleared to return to work. Our processes are thorough and guided by Disney's team of health and safety professionals, as well as other experts, including physicians and epidemiologists. Additionally, in order to make testing convenient and accessible to our, for our cast members, we've worked with local health authorities in Florida to allow them to set up testing facilities on our property that are open for both cast and public. Again, there are measures in place. And these measures, by the way, are a reflection of concerns that unions, well, the entertainment union in Florida, but even specifically unions in California working, for, working with Disney have expressed in previous months. You'll recall that Disneyland got really close to reopening as it approached its 65th anniversary on July 17th. But there were complaints from unions and from cast members saying, we don't feel it's safe enough. Here, Disney has said, look, we've addressed this and we've also we've been doing the same kinds of things down in Florida. We can make that happen here. By the way, we should also say they are joining other voices who have in the last few days um, been sharing their concerns. Anaheim Mayor Harry uh, Sidhu said at a Wednesday news conference last week, quote, it's a disaster right here. Um, how long are you going to keep us closed? This was in a news conference when he joined the mayors of Buena Park and Garden Grove on a, on a hotel rooftop uh, overlooking Disneyland. People are saying, you know, we got to do something. Let's do something in a responsible way. Meanwhile, what has come out of Gal uh, Governor California Governor Gavin Newsom's office? Well, they promised last week that news about Disneyland's reopening would be coming, quote, very soon, end of quote. Now, in Newsom's defense, there's a lot of burning issues in California. And, and when I say burning, I mean really burning issues. They have had to deal with massive forest fires. And these issues are far bigger and more concerning than any theme park opening. And of course, the whole pandemic, the whole economy of the entire state and so forth. So I do understand that probably the last couple of weeks have not been a good time for the governor's office to respond. However, 
we've been in this thing for months now. There should have been planning and preparation and decisions made about what it takes to reopen months ago that should have been orchestrated in conjunction with theme park owners months ago. And the fact that that is still not communicated and made clear, even, even if it is orchestrated at this point, is completely disappointing. And so I think a lot of people were hoping that today's news conference was going to be about, hey, Disneyland reopens and here's what it's going to look like and here's what it's going to happen. And let me tell you, when that announcement is made, I will be back here with another Disney News on Parade to talk about all that that involves. However, it is disappointing today to say that news is not forthcoming. And in fact, all that Disney has to say is it's World Rhino Day. Disney has also said, while we're on this kind of disappointing side of things, Disney also came forward a few days ago and said that Walt Disney World's Blizzard Beach Water Park and Typhoon Lagoon Water Park will continue to remain closed. In fact, it says, quote, will remain closed at this time pending state and local government approvals. We currently plan to reopen one of the two Disney water parks on March 7th, 2021. End of quote. Now, I got to tell you, this is when it gets really, this is when Disney feels like it isn't really transparent. Okay, there are no pending state and local government approvals. The governor is more than happy to have Disney open up its water parks. So to kind of say this is this is really pending something coming from state and government, I, I'm I'm stretched to understand what that would be because I don't understand it. If you can open up the water park at Margaritaville, if you can open up Aquatica, if you can open up um Universal's water park, why can't you open up Disney's water parks? Um, well, the reason is, and I mentioned this a number of podcasts ago, it's not. Disney has said they're going to open things when there is a financial benefit to doing so. I do not believe they see that financial benefit. And as we go into winter, there's less reason to see a financial benefit and gain. They are taxed differently than the water parks. Um, and, well, they're not so much taxed differently. It's that their revenues, their profit margin is much larger than the theme parks. And as a result, all of that profit margin is taxed. And thus, with all that taxation, it just doesn't really yield much worth in reopening at this time. And so... Eh, so we wait a long time. Disappointing. We had two uh, really wonderful podcasts talking about what we love most about Typhoon and Blizzard Beach. I also had a pending, you know how we have been doing the park comparisons. I had done a pending comparison of Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach that I haven't shared. I was waiting for the day they would open. It looks like we may be waiting a while. So sorry about that. Apologies, but we're having to wait till March 7th, 2021. Which one is going to be the one to open? Uh, it's it's tricky to say that. Um, 
I I really don't know. And I wouldn't be surprised if the one that doesn't open never opens. It may not reopen or may not reopen for 21. Um, it may be they just keep one open unless things really change about in time for the um, 50th anniversary in terms of demand and so forth. Um, Blizzard Beach had undergone a lot of downtime to take care of a number of issues in its infrastructure. And so Typhoon had to kind of carry the load for a long time. Typhoon is the more popular water park. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one's going to reopen. I will also say that apparently they have suspended the top tier. Well, let me let me back up. The top, the, 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 the top tier annual pass has been the premier pass. And the premier pass has allowed, um, has allowed a guest to go not only to Walt Disney World's four theme parks, but it's water parks, um, Golden Oaks Golf, ESPNs, and also to Disneyland's two theme parks. So... This has been, this was, this is a pass that has been very, very expensive, doubled in price in almost the last two or three years. I think they suspended sales on that Premier Pass some time ago because Disneyland wasn't even open. But now they've apparently suspended the Premium Pass as well, the Deluxe Premium Pass, because it included the water parks. And again, the water parks aren't open. So why would you have that particular pass available to guests when that availability is impossible. So I think they, they, so it's my understanding that they have suspended that. Anyway, yeah, downer news on the water parks, downer news on Disneyland. So I'm thrilled that the rest of this podcast gets to really celebrate some great things. And the first of these great things is that Hong Kong Disneyland Resort will be reopening on September 25th, which is only a couple of days away. Um, that's big news. Now, remember that in, I want to say in June, uh, Hong Kong reopened. I think it was the second after Shanghai. And then it closed again in mid-July, not just because of the pandemic, but there are also issues around the protests and so forth. So it's been, it's been a hard last couple of years um, at Hong Kong, and especially the last number of months has been really difficult. So it's a great thing that it is reopening in alignment with guidance from officials. They're gonna have all the safety measures in place. They have said that during the initial reopening stage, the park will implement a new five day per week operation, it will be closed on Tuesdays and Thursdays, except public holidays and special days designated by the resort. Um, that's not a surprising thing. If you go way back to Disneyland's original history, it would close on Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, during the off season. So this is not a new thing. What makes this hard though, is you recall that uh, Hong Kong Disneyland operates three really lovely hotels. And so that really impacts the guest experience of those staying on those properties because then on those days they have no place to visit. So that's a big issue. I'm not even sure if all those hotels have reopened either. I didn't see that anywhere in the uh, 
in the announcement. Um, they will be doing a reservation system uh, for scheduling your visit. So all of that, and by the way, I've listed all of this in play are on the um, notes page. So be sure to check that out if you wanna see further um, notes and details. They also talk about character experiences being offered in a new way, including selfie spots around the park to allow guests to take photos with their favorite characters with appropriate social distance. What that really looks like is a Disney character will stand here and then you're gonna be eight to 10 feet in front and you're gonna hold up your camera and take a picture of you with the character waving feverishly behind you. That's kind of what that looks like. But hey, that's that's great. Um, that's not a whole lot different than the characters, um, say on the train station and you holding up your phone, your, uh, doing a selfie of you with the characters in the background, only this is much closer. We should also mention, as this reopens, that the castle uh, of Magical Dreams, this big renovation that has been done with what was originally just a Sleeping Beauty castle look, it is now uh, a totally different, different um, structure. And it's slated to launch in celebration of the resort's 15th anniversary in late 2020. But the photos give the impression, the look that it is, at least on the outside, um, completely finished. And it's it's pretty exciting to see that look and, and feel in place. So congratulations to Hong Kong Disneyland. I hope that they don't have to shut down again, um, but they can stay open because uh, this is a this is a sweet park. It's a terribly hot and humid area, but it is a sweet and beautiful park and it continues, you know, they're building on uh, frozen themed area land uh, that will go uh, toward the rear of Fantasyland, sort of as a mini land to Fantasyland. And that is very promising. They also will uh, continue to build out the uh, Avengers campus. Uh, they already have two great attractions based on uh, Ant-Man and also on um, Iron Man. And there'll be a third one uh, coming sometime in the future, probably another four or five years away, but um, but sometime in the future. So um, all of it is really good, really good news. That uh, brings us to our next uh, great news. The Tokyo Disney Resort has announced that on September 28th, they will finally open their largest Tokyo Disneyland expansion ever, which will impact Fantasyland. Tomorrowland and Toontown. You'll recall that this was going to happen late spring, but because of the pandemic, everything was slid back. And so these attractions are ready to go. And this stuff is amazing. If you have not seen photos or videos, come to our website, because I'll show you images. Uh, the first is a Big Hero 6 happy ride with Baymax. Now this is in vehicles. Think of instead of the alien um, swirl, alien uh, in the saucer from alien swirling saucers in front of you or Mater in front of you and Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, you got Baymax sitting in front of you and he's whirling you around. I think this is a great Tomorrowland attraction. Hint, 
hint, hint, Walt Disney World. You need one of these at the Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland. They're adding a Minnie's Style Studio in Toontown. This is going to be a new uh, Minnie Mouse meet and greet location with kind of a design studio theme. And she's going to change her outfits as the different seasons of the year come along. And I'm telling you, this looks precious. This little shop looks so cute. This all is happening again at the apex of Fantasyland and Toontown and Tomorrowland. If you can imagine, if you're a Magic Kingdom kind of person, imagine this space where the um, where the teacups are and where the um, the raceway is the the, the speedway. Uh, all of that has been removed. Their, their Autopia Speedway Raceway is gone. And they have filled that in with additional Fantasyland, the same way the Magic Kingdom added Fantasyland Forest to the back of its Fantasyland. They have added additional. What they took out is, um, one of the things they took out, and this was a sad moment, let me just say, they had... Um, Tomorrowland, uh, the Jets... The rocket ship that um, used to sit on the top in Tomorrowland at Disneyland, the traditional Saturn V looking kind of rocket, um, the rocket jets that were there, they had a similar ride vehicle at the end of the lane. Instead of the teacups, which you see at Magic King, their teacups were in a different location. Um, they had that rocket ship there. And unfortunately, it was taken out, and it hurts my heart, though I am thrilled. I had a chance to ride it several times before it finally closed. You know, you talk about attractions. Well, I did a previous podcast of attractions that um, that I wish I could have had a chance to ride. Now, mind you, I rode the rocket jets in Tomorrowland, in the original Disneyland. But these are, these are precious. That whole Tomorrowland was precious. Of 1967 was amazing and this was a piece of that so I wish I they would just kind of move that to another location I wonder if that's still a possibility out there somewhere anyway all this is happening in that area it includes the big hero 6 happy ride with Baymax it includes the minis uh, style studio it includes something called the big pop which is a specialized popcorn shop and I tell you Nobody does popcorn like Tokyo Disney. It is, it is just a, it, it's got a following. It's got a cult following. If popcorn can have a cult following, it's at Tokyo. And they are now not just having a stand, they're having an entire shop that I think people are going to have to wait in lot, wait to come back to actually, I think they're going to have to make a reservation to come back to it. Similar like you do at Oga's Cantina. I, ugh, that's how popular it's going to be. Then they have, similar to what we have in the new Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom, a Beauty and the Beast Village. It's got Maurice's Cottage, Gaston's Tavern, and Village Shops. Um, Maurice's Cottage is not like ours, where we have Enchanted Tales with Belle, which is a lovely attraction. Hope that it opens sometime in the future um, with this pandemic. Um, it, but it does have these kind of shops and you know, um, little town, such a quiet village. They have that. At one end of it is what will be the Fantasyland Forest Theater. Now, 
Tokyo Disneyland does the stage shows like no other. Um, um, now, so if you go back to the whole concept, this is similar to the castle show that you see in the front of Cinderella Castle. Well, think bigger. Think way bigger. Think two, three times the amount of cast. Think several different scenes and and show elements and and dozens of Disney characters. This thing, this is the kind of uh, Kids of the Kingdom style show that Tokyo Disney does. And this theater is going to be a beautiful location for housing those kinds of events. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, eh, we're going to have to wait a while before that first show comes out the gate. But that too is part of the expansion. And then finally, the piece de la resistance, uh, the enchanted tale of beauty and the beast. This is an attraction that is set inside a replica of the castle that is nearly 100 feet high. In fact, really, if you think about the mountain where Be Our Guest restaurant is and the little castle on top, that's probably about 100 foot high too. But rather than doing a castle, they have chosen to just do a big mountain with a little castle on top, which looks really... Uh, lame. I understand why they did that because they understood it was going to sit right next to Maurice's cottage, and that would have been really weird that the cottage sat right next to the, to the to the castle. I get all that, but at any rate, long story short, they got a second massive castle going in in this park, and inside this is a one of a kind of attraction that allows guests to spin through in big dishes as they see scenes that were made famous from the film, such as Be Our Guest, where you're going to gather around the table and there's Mrs. Potts and Chip and, of course, Lumiere, and they're singing Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest, and all the champagne is going, all that. Then you're going to move into a winter scene. Remember the scene, something there, and Belle is there with the horse, and and Beast is trying to feed the birds. You will see all of that play out. And then you're going to eventually arrive at the infamous Beauty and the Beast ballroom scene where you go into the big ballroom and you will dance along with Belle and the Beast and these animatronics, yes, they dance. How do they do it? Well, it's magic, Disney magic. Um, Hard to quantify, but easy to see if you watch the video that I have on the show notes page because it really looks pretty special. And by the way, none of these animatronics have these rear view faces like in Frozen. They are very real, very, I mean, as one person put it in one review, shouldn't Belle have a, be wearing a mask during the pandemic? It's that real looking. Um... And, and it, it really is a pretty exciting attraction. This is a one-of-a-kind, uh, this is a one-of-a-kind attraction similar to the Monsters Incorporated ride they have, similar to Journey to the Center of the Earth, similar to the Winnie the Pooh uh, Honey Hunt uh, attraction that they have. Um, it works on the same ride technology as Rise or as the... Uh, Technology works for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And mind you, I love the attractions we have. I wouldn't give them up for anything in the world. 
but I wouldn't mind if we just added one of these, if that were possible. I don't know. I think I think Tokyo's willing. What Tokyo does, I don't have it official, but I think Tokyo puts up a lot of money for these attractions with the caveat that you can't replicate it back in the other parks at least immediately. So. Maybe that's why they keep having these one-off experiences that are unlike anything else. So, okay, that's the end of my plug for Tokyo Disney today. But you ought to you ought to take a look at the notes page and you ought to go back to our podcast where we talk about what we love most about Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea as well as what we love most about Disneyland and the water parks and Hong Kong Disneyland. We got all those. In fact, if you go to DisneyAtWork.com, you can see uh, the, the links to those pages and podcasts right just on the uh, right uh, from the top of the of the page. It's a it's a drop down menu. So you can see that from there. So do check those out when you have a chance. Thanks for joining us for this very busy Disney News on Parade. We are glad you joined us. Stay with us. More Disney magic to come. We promise that to you as we unveil all the great and incredible uh, experiences that can be found in the Disney parks worldwide. In the meantime, in the words of Sinbad, Storybook Voyage, to always remember, follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. Enjoy the magic. See you real soon.